With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Out to Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com with the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. Up, that's your Monday on d It's also your spring, which has sprung. Winter over. Spring is here. Spring equinox overnight into this morning. Been a uh, lot to do. Longhorns are off to the Sweet 16. First time in 15 years. It's hard to believe. It's hard to believe it's been that long since the Longhorns uh, have uh, made it out of the first weekend of the tournament. But that is the fact. And uh, Rodney Terry was an assistant on the staff the last time they did it in 2007-2008. Uh, and now he's taking them back as the... Uh, Coach in charge, and a lot of folks who believe he should just be go ahead and made the the coach moving forward. Uh, and why not? It's going to be hard to make a decision otherwise based on what they've done this year, winning the Big 12 tournament, following it up with a uh, really strong performance uh, in over the weekend in uh, Des Moines. Very cold Des Moines, by the way. Doesn't sound like Ugh. Des Moines was a place to be this weekend. It was cold. Snow, wind. It was cold here uh, for for this time of the year, and it was really cold. In Des Moines, Iowa, um, and I'm sure we'll hear some stories from Craig and Jeff coming up on Light the Tower. Um, blizzard conditions, temperatures uh, brutal uh, in Des Moines, but the Longhorns uh, handled their business. Two wins, and uh, now they're on to the Sweet 16. I'm also talking NFL and the Cowboys, USA and baseball, and a lot to do, and uh, it was a fun weekend. I hope everybody had a good one. Not a good start, not a good game for Austin FC Buck on Friday night, or Saturday no. night. They lost 2-0 no, right. in the Houston. Were they 2-4 or four right now? In their season, they've got four games. They've lost two games now. They're struggling right now, early in the season. But there's a lot of game in the, lots of games in the MLS, so they get a lot. They got to catch up to right now too. They've got to start playing a little bit better defense, and they will. Well, and the defense back ends are rough, and uh, you know Houston had been off for two weeks, whereas Austin had been playing a bunch of games, and of course that uh, yeah, and they're not thought of as one of the better teams either. No, they well, that's their first points of the year. But they've been they've been kind of idle for a couple of weeks, and uh, they took advantage of that on Saturday night. So that was one of the negatives as far as a good, bad, and ugly weekend. Uh, Austin FC going down, but uh, rest of it pretty darn good. Let's get to the headlines, trending topics, update to start your your Monday morning. UBO Business Services brings it to you, and yeah, we'll start with those Longhorns. Texas men are on to the Sweet 16. Women can get there tonight. We'll start with the men. They. Uh, on a cold shooting night on Saturday night in Des Moines, it was cold outside, and they were cold from the floor and from the from the three-point land. Longhorns leaned on their defense, and their big man Dylan DeSue to survive their second-round matchup with 10th seed at Penn State advance to the Sweet 16 for the first time in 15 years on a night that saw Texas make just 
one of 13 three-point shots. It was the former Hendrickson Hawk who stepped up in a big way, delivered his best game of his Texas career, poured in 28 points on 14 of 20 from the floor. It was huge down the stretch for the Longhorns as they get the win 71-66. Also, Horns come up big on defense, held Penn State, one of the top three-point shooting teams in the country, to 8 for 28 on the night. Uh, 12 points below their season scoring average as well. Horns are Sweet 16 bound uh, for the first time since 07-08, as we mentioned. Head coach Rodney Terry, an assistant on that team. 15 years later, he's excited to be taking the Horns to the second weekend as the man in charge. It's a really good Penn State team. Man. I'm telling you, this group here, I mean, I couldn't sleep one night because these guys can really shoot the basketball and they were the best passing team I've seen all year. And, and Pickett, he's a pro. He's a good player. We did a great job on him by committee. And, uh, man, I'm so proud of these guys right now. We're back in the Sweet 16, Craig. He's excited to be there. Texas will head back to Kansas City. That's where they uh, won the Big 12 championship just a week ago on that floor. Cut down the nets. They're going to play third-seeded Xavier uh, on Friday night. 8.45 has been the announced start time. Xavier was a winner yesterday over Pittsburgh to advance to that uh, matchup as well. And it's the fourth and final game of the Sweet 16 Midwest region. Houston will face the fifth seed Miami in the other regional semifinal in the early game. Miami took down Indiana last night. Winners will meet for the uh, in the Elite Eight on Sunday. Kansas State is the only other Big 12 team to advance to the second weekend as the third seed of Wildcats won a good one yesterday. Beat Kentucky, uh, top seed of Kansas, Baylor, uh, a three seed, TCU, and Iowa State. Also, West Virginia have all been eliminated out of the Big 12 Conference. Texas Longhorn women. Their basketball team overwhelmed 13th seed in East Carolina on Saturday night at Moody Center, 79-40. to Fourth-seeded Horns will now host fifth-seeded Louisville tonight at 6 o'clock at the Mood, also looking to advance to the Sweet 16. That game tips at 6 tonight. You can hear it on 105.3 The Bat. Texas baseball team finished off a three-game sweep of New Orleans and extended their winning streak to 10 with a 9-3 win yesterday at the Dish. They improved to 14-7 on the year. The 10 straight wins have all come during this 14-game homestand on which they've outscored opponents 92-30. to They're finding their way a little bit. Home cooking extends into tomorrow night when they host Incarnate Word. They open Big 12 play this weekend, hosting Texas Tech. Busy weekend in the NFL. We mentioned the Texans are sending their wide receiver Brandon Cooks to the Dallas Cowboys in exchange for a 2023 fifth-round draft pick. Also a 2024 round selection. Houston's going to pay $6 million of Cook's salary this year. Cowboys will pay the remaining 12. Texans also announced that they have made their left tackle Laramie Tunsil the highest paid left tackle in the league and getting a new deal done with him. Also freeing up some cap space with that move. Detroit Lions have agreed to turns with safety C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Carolina inked wide receiver Adam Thielen. And in golf, tough finish for Jordan Spieth yesterday at the Valspar Championship in Tampa. The former Longhorn tied for the lead with three holes to play. But when the water on 16 made bogey, then missed a five-foot birdie on the par 317 that would have gotten him back even. Young Taylor Moore took the win there. Spieth and the other top 64 players in the world will now make their way to Austin for the Dell Technologies match play, which will tee off on Wednesday with group play in NASCAR. Joey Logano took the checkered flag at the race in Atlanta. NASCAR also headed to Central Texas. They'll be at Circuit of the Americas this weekend. This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. You know, they did such a good job on Pickett on Saturday. And really, Ronnie Terry and, and the way they defended that young guy was really, really special, too, because not only Timmy Allen defended him, but they contested his shots. They didn't – I mean, because he got down there low. I mean, he he got – where he wanted to get, but they contested his shots. So they didn't just let him go over the top and, you know, dump the ball off from two feet. Those guys got – and Marcus Carr did a much better job than I thought he would on him. I thought he would get handled down there low, but, boy, he played like a veteran when he got, you know, when he got taken into the paint. And he contested the shots, too. He was up in the air. He didn't just let the guy go over the top. 
Yeah, Pickett is a second-team All-American. Uh, he was the Big Ten's Player of the Year. Well, no, uh, first-team All-Big Ten. Zach Eady was the Big Ten's Player of the Year from Purdue, but Pickett was right there. Uh, he's a kid who transferred in from Siena. And, well, I thought, you know, credit to the Longhorns staying disciplined with that, too, because if you watch the game with A&M, uh, Buzz Williams' team kept coming off of their guys and leaving three-point shooters open mm-hmm. when Pickett would, would post up their, their guards. Try and to that, double them up. Yeah, they would come for the double team, and then they didn't rotate very well. And I thought uh, Rodney Terry and the Texas staff decided, you know what, let's just play single team and let's play tough defense on him. We'll put bigger bodies like like Timmy Allen on him, and we'll do a committee-type approach on him. You just heard Rodney Terry say Yeah, Marcus did a good job because he's not as big as that dude. No. Um, well, Marcus is a little, a little shorter, but – uh, you know, but stocky and mm-hmm. can buddy up and uh, uh, what were they calling it on TV? Booty ball uh, with Jalen Pickett because he backs you down uh, as a point guard and then you know can he can he, he can score? But then he typically will dish it out and assist. Uh, Texas held Jalen Pickett to f- uh, five of 13, 11 points, uh, and only one assist. Only one assist. I think that's the biggest number there that Texas didn't come off their their defensive assignment. To, to give help, and they trusted that their their guys could individually match up with him, and I thought that was really one of the keys to the game. Anytime Texas holds their opponents under 72 or more or fewer, they've won every game this year, every game. That'll obviously be a number to watch when they get to the Xavier Musketeers on Friday and then potentially the Houston Cougars on Sunday. That defense has to travel, and it's been really, really good for them. And this is what we really you like about Texas. If the defense is going to be this locked in as it has been you know, through the Big 12 tournament, uh, that that you go back to that Saturday game with Kansas at the Moody Center when they beat Kansas for the first of back-to-back Saturdays. That defense is really something. Something came out of that TCU loss when they lost on the road at TCU and got out. They got Probably hammered on the it. boards and forty-eight twenty-six something just, like that. Yeah, yeah, they just kind of got manhandled by TCU, and I think there was an kind of an embarrassing moment to that. And I think some hard coaching went on. And since that point, Texas is allowing under sixty points a game to their opponents. Uh, and when you can play defense like that, I think Rodney Terry's message is finally getting through here that, hey, our offense is going to find a way to score. We're efficient offensively. We're one of the top uh, offenses in the country because we have three really good guards, and now we've got this big guy in Dylan DeSue who we can go to in the post when we need it, when teams try to lock up our guards, uh, and we make our free throws. We don't turn the ball over much. So if we can play the defense, we're going to get our points on offense, and that's what we've seen with this team um, you know, even on a on a night where they don't shoot well, and you know they found a way to get it done with defense and Dylan DeSue. pretty impressive. It really, really was. I mean, I, I was totally impressed with the way they played D and and DeSue. He's become an, an offensive threat, and this didn't just start it. You know, I mean, it started way back before before the Big Twelve tournament. He has started to go to the offensive end uh, a little bit stronger. That is the weirdest shot, man. Sometimes he looks so clanky. Sometimes it's a push shot. <laughs> I mean, he's unorthodox with his with his moves, but at the same time, well, the fadeaway jumper was nice. Now that little baseline fadeaway, like it. when they really needed it, was that was a nice shot. Well, they just they owned the paint. Both teams kind of had similar similar game plans defensively. You don't let the guards get off. Make sure you can test every three. Um, you know, and and Texas took advantage of that, and Dylan made him pay over and over again. And Sabari, I mean, I mean, Rice just looked like he was thinking about his game too much. And not letting it fly when he had an opportunity. He had some open looks he, and just kind of do I or don't I, do I or don't I yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, there were some times he would go shot fake when the shot was there. Right, right off the bat. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but I don't. He wasn't feeling it. Obviously, I, mean, I know on on Thursday night he was oh. feeling it as he made about everything he put up there with uh, seven three pointers made in that game and twenty three points. But in this game, you know, early. Here's what another thing I like about Rodney Terry and what they did. 
and even the, the veteran players, you got to give them some credit too. They realized they they didn't have the shooting touch, and they didn't try to force it. They put no, up, oh they, no, they were zero for eight in the uh, first half from three. They didn't hit, hit a single one, and they only took five of them in the second half. And Jabari Rice hit the only one they made the whole night. So outside of Jabari, they only took four, and they just said, you know what? Let's let's stop shooting them. Let's just go to D- Dylan DeSue until they can stop them. And as we said, that really was the key to the game. The Longhorns were up seven points. With about the eight-minute mark, and Penn State went on a on a 10-0 run, and really swiped the momentum from Texas, and were up three points with 4:48 to go, and that's where we say Texas. That's where they didn't miss a shot the rest of the way after Rodney Terry called a timeout, calmed everybody down. Uh, they kept going to Dylan to Sue in the post, and Penn State had no answer for it. They didn't panic. They also got stops on the other end, forced a couple of turnovers, and Penn State missed some shots, and Texas ends up. Uh, you know, taking control of that basketball game. I just, it was just a well coached game. It was a, it was a game where you just felt like, okay, five minutes to play, anybody's ball game, let's go win this thing. And uh, Texas was the superior side, and that's credit to the veteran players on this team and the coaching. Yeah, they did a fantastic job. Because if you watched Marquette yesterday in the same situation, wow, with with Chaka Smart and the number two seed and the. Uh, in their bracket. And some really good players. Uh, man, because remember, Michigan State jumped out to a double-digit lead early. Marquette battled all the way back and actually took the lead, kind of like Penn State, and took the lead. And then in the last five minutes with tournament Tom Izzo, it was all Tom Izzo and Michigan State. They dominated uh, from the from the final five. And it's kind of what Texas did to Penn State. I don't want to say dominated, but Texas just went to their strengths, made enough stops, made their free throws, and uh, they're advancing. That's how you you move on this time of year in college basketball. Yeah, no second shots offensively for Penn State. They didn't, I mean, Texas went to the boards, and I mean everybody. Uh, offensively, you know, Cunningham Brock came in the game, and he was not a threat offensively at all on Saturday, but he still went to the boards, which they had to do. Yeah, boards were pretty even. Penn State ended up with nine offensive boards. Jalen Pickett had four of those, and a lot of those were on his own misses. Or on his own little <laughs> he'd miss bunnies, yeah. And he'd get them back. But he had they had nine offensive boards, but it was 37 for 33 for Texas. They didn't let four. those big ones, those big three-point shots that came bouncing back out. Yeah, offensive rebounds were nearly identical for both sides. It was really about to sue, and a couple of missed shots and good stops by Texas down the stretch. Let's dive into our coach's corner just past 7.15 on a busy Monday morning. It's brought to you by Audiovisual Consultations. Audiovisual Consultations and Tom McKay, the really smart guys who never make you feel stupid. All right, someone says, uh, can Rodney Terry recruit? Well, I mean, gosh. Yeah. Look at the guys on some of the, look at the guys are on the team. He's recruited a bunch well, of them. I mean, if you go back, history would tell you he was the primary recruiter on uh, on Kevin Durant. Uh, and Kevin Durant came to Texas. You know, when Rodney when you know, recruiting players is different when you're coaching Fresno State and UTEP. Than it is at Texas, right? Absolutely. I mean, you're going to recruit the level of player you can recruit at a school like that. Uh, Rodney Terry has shown an ability to recruit as an assistant coach for Rick Barnes. He was one of the best recruiters they had, and Kevin Durant would be a good example of that. Um, and then, you know, I, we've said all along, however far they go in this tournament, and if that's the litmus test for, for Chris Del Conte, another big criteria is keeping this recruiting class together. And it's only for two sure. players. It's only two players. It's Ron Holland, uh, big kid, big six seven kid, tremendous player of the player. year here. Yeah, state player of the, of the state out of Duncanville, and then there's a kid out of point guard, uh, AJ Johnson, slick six five point guard out of Los Angeles, California. And I trust that he knows about the portal. He's oh yeah, been involved in that. Sure, and um, they'll have to attack that again. But can he recruit? Look, he seems like a, a guy the players love to play for. Uh, he seems like a dynamic coach who's you know got a great new arena, and you know it's one of those things that. 
I said this when when the first the Chris Beard thing first went down. You know, Rodney Terry could have been hired by Texas back then when he was at UTEP, but you know he wasn't considered because he was at UTEP, and Chris Beard was the number one candidate. But sometimes a coach just needs an opportunity, Buck. You know, I mean, yeah, I mean he's he's been here twice. I mean, if you don't know him personally by now, right? I mean, there's nothing that Chris Del Conte has to do about knowing what kind of person he well, is. Well, and here's what I'd say on that. I I'm assuming this is just my assumption that Chris Del Conte, when they made the decision early January to to cut ties with Chris Beard. That there were a, there was a coach or two in mind that that he that at that moment that uh, Chris Del Conte had in mind that he would like to approach and talk to for sure. Every AD has it right. You got a list of coaches. I don't think that's changed if those guys are available. Right, but it's to the point now that do you even need to call them? Uh, and I'm sure it, there's been conversations had behind the scenes with guys that you want to touch base with. Could you never time, stop talking to those guys? But at the same time, the Coach that's, that's, that, that you handed the job to, to to get you through this year has way surpassed anybody's expectations and has made it a situation where not keeping him would become a, a controversial decision. Um, now, you don't have to keep him, but at the same time, if you don't, someone's going to hire him. Uh, someone's going to give him a, a really good job. And I can't imagine him being here, coming here as an assistant coach. No, no. That, that, those days, that, I think that thing is passed. Yeah, I I, I have argued that, you know, if things had flamed out and the season didn't go great, that maybe he would stay on to coach with the new coach. But at the same time, Rodney Terry has shown every piece of evidence you would want that he can handle this job. He's, he, he's you know, a, a heck of a basketball coach. And, you know, the question with Kenny Recruit, you know, I, there's been no wavering from this recruiting class. Both are still committed. They were at the Kansas game, the last regular season game of the year, uh, sitting front row. So, you know, I, I think uh, – because that's the thing about Rodney Terry when he's an assistant for Rick Barnes, he was known as a recruiter. Uh, that was kind of his his tongue, one of his top roles. He was also a great defensive coach, and uh, he's now. Uh, you, I don't think you can underestimate. We talk about the experience of this basketball team for the players. You know, Rodney Terry's experience as a head coach in two different spots. Remember, he w- he didn't get fired from UTEP. He left to take the assistant coaching mm-hmm. job here for Rick for Chris Beard because he wanted to be a part of what they were building. Well, now he's gotten the opportunity for circumstance by circumstances that weren't any of his doing and all he's done is do a great job yeah um, I mean throughout I mean the kids and, and his entire staff have done such a great job and I mean this is a tough tough year for him I mean he lost his father in the yep. fall mm-hmm. I mean losing your dad and then going along with what just happened here I mean I, I mean that's just a great job for what he's done and now in the sweet 16 I don't know I don't know what else you can do except for go ahead and win the national championship go get it and I think that's to me, whether you give them the job or not, I think they have a mission that they that this basketball team is on right now. You know, that's they're 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 playing for they're playing not only for they're playing for themselves. They're not they're not playing. They don't think this group feels like they're playing for their coach any longer. I think they feel like they're playing for themselves in the university and trying to win a national championship. It's very clear that they enjoy being around each other. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No doubt. Which is the biggest thing for me. Yeah, the chemistry's been there all year long and again, who knows what if the Chris Beard thing never happens. How far are they? You'll never know that. It's a pointless conversation. But Rodney Terry has taken the opportunity and uh, not blinked, not wavered. And that's why I say I, I think Chris Del Conte probably had some names in mind and maybe he's already talked to them. At the end of the day, this this run, and it's this run isn't over. I mean, they can beat Xavier. Xavier's a pretty good team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Texas has every every opportunity to win that game and play into the Elite Eight. And who knows? I mean, it's it's uh, the matchup with Houston that we all kind of – Looked at when the when the bracket was revealed that there could be a matchup in Kansas City with the Houston Cougars. Winner will move on to Houston in the Final Four. That would be awesome. I mean, if you if you watch the tournament this weekend, I don't know that there's a favorite still. 
I mean, really. I mean, there's. I mean, Alabama looks good. Houston looks good, but man, Texas, their ability to win inside and outside you know, on a cold shooting night to be able to pound it inside and win, they can win from outside. Uh, their ceiling is is certainly high, so this run is not done. Uh, I'm of the opinion that Rodney Terry has made it. You know, you don't really need to look much beyond this. I would also say that the, you know, in the last 15 years on in in both sports, football and basketball, the the idea of the splash higher has not gone great. No. You know, going outside the program and bringing in an unknown quantity, but he's a big name, um, you know, on the men's side especially, that the, it, it hasn't worked out that often. But, you know, Chris Del Conte, that's his job. He's the director of athletics. He's going to uh, make his decision. But I think it's it's hard to argue that Rodney, Rodney Terry has made a decision that uh, the right coach might be right here, might be doing it right here, right now. And... Um, that's that's going to be a debate moving forward, but I'm assuming when you hear from Rodney, it's going to be all about getting ready for this game oh, for sure. and this team. He doesn't want to be talking about no, that. No, no, it'll it'll come as it needs to. But I thought he's he's made an incredible case, and um, an incredible case for what he's done with this. Yeah, basketball. I, I think I, like I Ty says, I think the players, the way the players interact with each other, is really really important. I mean, you can see it on the court. I mean, you can see it after the games, you can see it before the games, and and actually during the games, the way they interact with each other. I mean, that, that looks like an older group that understands what the big prize is right now. Well, as I said, you want to make a 10-year decision for your program, and there's look, there's no guarantee that Rodney Terry would be a great coach for 10 more years, but at the same time, there's no guarantee with anybody. No. Uh, anybody you bring in, uh, there's got to be a fit. And the one thing you know is that Rodney Terry's already a fit. Uh, you know, the, the athletic department loves him. Players love him. Um, you know, if he keeps this recruiting class together, they're going to be built around next year with Tyrese Hunter and uh, Arterial Morris and Dylan Mitchell, uh, who's the freshman. Brock Cunningham will be back. And then, as you said, you attack the portal. But first things first, this team still has a lot of, lot of basketball in front of it. Um, you, you know, starting Friday night at 845 in Kansas City. Uh, we'll see. I don't know. I don't know how much. You know, there's got to be some good mojo going back into that building. That just I would think so. Nine I'd days ago, good. you got a banner out of, out of that place. Yeah, you walked out of there with a trophy and cut yep. down the nets, and you're walking right back into that building. There's got to be a little bit of swag to that and a little bit of comfort zone to it. That hey, we're back here. We're feeling pretty good about that. Let's yeah, get that would be done. a lot of Big Twelve pride going back there now. Kansas City is where they are headed. Uh, we will uh, continue these conversations. Take your thoughts on it. Uh, it's a it's a big decision, but it seems like Rodney Terry may be making it for the athletic department right now with the way he is coaching this basketball team. In the last five minutes of the game the other night, uh, if there was ever an indication, the timeout he called when things felt like they were unraveling, calmed everything down, and they dominated the last 448 of that ball game. Uh, Dylan DeSue was tremendous. Uh, hard to argue with that right there. That's what this tournament's all about. We'll come back and pick up those conversations. We'll have some hot or not topics before the end of the hour, including Ty hitting the money line bet on Fairley Dickinson. That was fairly profitable, I'm assuming, for you. We'll get the update on that. Also, did you hear what Charles Barkley said? we got to play because Charles Barkley's front and center with Kenny Smith on these tournament games. i got to play this for you before hot or not. Also, we'll get back to some of the other top stories. It's a good, bad, and ugly Monday here on Beanie. Bucky and Aaron. In addition to being the first day of spring bucket, it's also something known as International Day of Happiness. Day of Happiness this uh, March the 20th. 
International Day of Happiness. That's right. Don't let anybody take your sunshine, even though it may be shining in somebody else's eye. Don't let them dim your sunshine. Do not. Do not. Do not. This uh, says great. Uh, says good show, fellas. Appreciate it. That's a great point. Going back to KC should be a great mojo for our guys. Significant psychological advantage. Well, yeah, just a court, but at the same time, you've had some great, uh, great moments in that court just recently and dominated uh, your way to a Big Twelve tournament championship. Got like Dylan DeSue, just one tournament most outstanding player there. Follow that up with uh, strong games in both of the matchups in Des Moines, including that. Uh, that's an all-time performance, Buck, at the University of Texas or a school like that. When you, you know, step up in a moment like that, and um, I mean that's that's all-time stuff. I mean that's uh, you know having a great pitching performance in a big baseball regional game or the College World Series or uh, big you know football performance, and obviously on the basketball floor, Dylan DeSue, twenty-eight points and just big shot after big shot down the stretch when Penn State was uh, trying to steal that ball game. Yeah, I, I know people miss football, but this is this is I love spring. Me too. I just do. I love the, I love the basketball time of the year. I just like spring and sprung and flowers. I'm looking at all the blue bonnets all over yesterday. I mean, it is, it is a beautiful time around this place. It is cool. Uh, I would say on International Happiness Day, Buck, Absolutely. I'm happy. It looks like my mom's going to finally go home oh, from the hospital today. That is good today, to hear. Which that is, good is great news. She's been there for too long, but a uh, rough weekend. Uh, but she's going back. And how about this? You know, it's kind of cool. She can be this. What is that? Discharged today. Finally, discharged. Yes, down in Houston. I'm excited for that. She will get back to listening to us every morning on the Horn app. If she's not listening this morning, there in her in her room. But the um, so I told you I, I was getting to St. Edwards where I went to school in the early '90s when I was wrapping up. Rodney Terry had just wrapped up a great playing career at St. Ed's, and you remember back when when early on in our show when we talked to the coach uh, who introduced us to LeBron James. Yes, twenty plus years ago. Yep. Uh, that's a guy named T. Kirk Griffith, who's a good friend of mine. Uh, he and my he and his younger brother was one of my best friends, and so T. K. He went back to Akron, Ohio, where I grew up, and he grew up, and he has been the head coach at a place called Hoban High School. And last night in in uh, Dayton, Hoban won the state championship. His first he's been the coach there at Hoban for thirty years. This is his first state championship. First state championship. Wow. Which is pretty cool. And he and Rodney are, are good buddies. I mean, they're friends. I mean, they, Rodney was on the basketball team, and TK was a big basketball guy. And now he's uh, coaching high school 30 years. He was the one that we had on to say, hey, keep an eye on this LeBron James like who? fella. Yeah, who are you talking about? Now he's talking like, about? Come on, TK's like 16 is he that years good? old. Come what on. are we talking about? He ain't that good. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. But, you know, pretty cool. Pretty cool to see that. And, uh... The state championship last night, they beat a team out of Toledo last night to win the Ohio State championship, and Rodney uh, has put himself in a position where the players love him, the fans are supporting Rodney Terry, and it seems like a no-brainer at this point for Chris Del Conte. But, uh, um, you know, Chris has been pretty pretty clear on that. They'll wait to the end of the year and uh, assess it, and at this point, I don't know. How, well, you either you either are going to hire him, you're gonna, you've got a list, and somebody wants wants this job also, but... Why put any more pressure on them now? Just let them play. Just let them finish out what they want to do. I mean, if you're going to give him the job, give it to him after they got the championship, the Big 12 championship and a banner, then you say, here's your new head coach. 
But now, just play. Yeah. Just well, look. I mean, you're either going to get it or you're not. And I feel like that's, although during the course of the regular season they didn't always play like it. I feel like that's been this team's mindset all the way through. That you know, even the thing that you knew when December 12th came, and December 12th was the day the Chris Beard situation, you know, became a situation, and we know it. Um, you know, what happened on January the 5th, and then now that's over. But that team had already beaten Gonzaga handily and Creighton at the Moody Center. And both of those teams, by the way, are still playing. They're, yeah. both, they're both in the Sweet and Plus, team. their goals have not changed. They've what, always I, had the same goals, right? That's what I'm saying. I mean, you know, even when that happened, it was I think it was pretty easy for Rodney Terry and his staff. That game they lost the, the Tuesday before, the Illinois game at Madison Square Garden in that early December. That was their first loss, and that was a loss the game they kind of gave away. It was a, kind of an ugly finish, a game they probably should have won. But but Illinois turned out to be a tournament team. They were a, mm-hmm. an eight seed uh, out of the Big Ten. So when, when it all went down, there was a – I don't want to say it was an easy sell. It was a, hey, guys, we, we're a really good team. We can't control that. We can control what we do. Uh, I think Rodney and the staff, you know, bought it – you know, the players bought in to this staff and understood that – you know, there's you know forty some years of head coaching experience on that staff with he and Chris Ogden and Bob Donawald and everything they have on that staff, and it's a credit to Chris Beard. He had built an incredibly experienced staff, and that staff and he had built an incredibly incredibly experienced roster uh, that is shown to be very talented. So you know, why change your goals? I mean, we can't control that situation. We'll let Chris Del Conte and the administration handle that. Uh, Jay Hartzell, the school president, we can just control basketball. And they've done an incredible job of that, compartmentalizing it. And uh, I'm sure there were some times, I mean, you that game that they played the night that it all went down, where they had to survive. Who was it? Somebody on a Monday night. It was bad performance. They still won the game. And, um, you know, they they entered conference play as a one-loss team, if memory serves. And, yeah, they had some losses in the Big 12 and, and had some tough nights. But for the most part, they finished second in the regular season. How many games did they lose at home? One? One all year. That One was that, all year here. That was that K-State game. Here, when Kansas Man. State scored 116 points, and by the way, Kansas State is still playing. Uh, they're in the round of 16. They beat Kentucky yesterday, and they're no joke with Marquise Noel and Keontae uh, Johnson and what they do at uh, Manhattan. Jerome Tang they lost one home game, one home game all year long. And the question when they entered the Big 12 tournament was, could they take it on the road or to a neutral site? Because that's where they had suffered. Obviously, they have eight losses. Seven of them came away from home. Uh, do the math, and there were some performances where you're like, eh. You know, the Texas Tech game on a Monday night kind of stands out. Liz, yeah. Play a lot of games, man. It's hard to be yeah. really, really good every night. Every time you play a basketball game, a lot goes into it. But I'm known down the stretch. We've seen what this team is like down the stretch. They still don't look all that great at times. But, man, their defense makes up for it. That, that some of the things that they do well – really make up for some of the other things you know, that they may they, not well, and that's do why, on that given night. Well, that's why I keep pointing out the fact that um, the eight games they've lost, it's the defense. That's why in the eight games they've lost, they've allowed 73 points or more. In every other game that they've allowed 72 or fewer, they've won. They're undefeated. So it, it, when they bring that defense, their offense is good enough. It's not always the prettiest, but their offense is good enough if they play D. If they don't play D – you know, the 116-point game to, to K-State, I think, turned out to be an outlier. But at the same time, they've, they've had some games where the, the defense just got loose and uh, they didn't stay in front of people. And the Texas Tech game, TCU, where they got out-rebounded. There have been some games like that. Same time, you know, they keep playing that brand of defense. It does feel like a team that's bought into that idea that, okay, this time of year, 
we, we, can, we can get ready for another two-game tournament here Friday and Sunday. And we can lock in on this opponent. we got all week to prepare. Because mm-hmm. that's the other thing you know from this staff. They're going to have them incredibly prepared. And this veteran team takes the coaching. They take the game plan. They execute it. Um, well, now they got another score. That also adds to, to what they do. Yeah. Uh, well, that's we said that Friday going in. They're actually coming out of the Big 12 tournament with, with DeSue's emergence. Because I think going into when you're filling out your brackets, you're thinking, man, only if, if they only had an interior presence that you could rely on. Yeah, and on you got to worry about points. Timmy Allen because now you start to face some guys with long teams with long, yeah. long six eight guys, six seven well, players. That, that was the fear, right? You're getting you're, you're playing March Madness. There's going to be teams that can match up with you. They're going to sure. do a good job against what you do strength your strengths. And man, if they had a, if they had a big down low because Timmy Allen was coming off an ankle injury at the Big Twelve tournament, and as you said, he's not he's not a big. I mean, he's he's a tweener. Mm-hmm. He's six 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 five guy who against length can struggle because he's not the, the greatest, most athletic player. Uh, but at the same time, Dylan DeSue's emergence, holy cow. I mean, it just changes Texas. They become a team that when 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 Xavier sits down to watch the film, they're going to have a hard time. They're going to be, okay, what are we doing here, guys? And we got this monster down low who's playing tremendous, playing like LaMarcus Aldridge back in the day. Now we got these three guards. We got... Uh, you know, yeah, you, have, you, have, to, deal you with. have to match up, and these teams don't know know this group that's played in the toughest conference. You know, yeah, they just they just don't know because you know you look and Brock Cunningham has struggled a little bit with some of that length too, but you don't know when he breaks out and has one of those games. So they all have they all have guys that have can have breakout games. You know, yeah, that's right. They, that's at, at one end or the other, the offensive end or the defensive end. So yeah, well, when you've got and now Dylan to show Sue has shown that. Right, that he can be. Gosh, twenty-eight point guy. He had twenty-four in Waco in the game against Baylor. Okay, well he can be that interior scorer. What were we looking at him as a twelve-point to fourteen-point guy? Is a high night for him? I was thinking. And then you know you have three different guards and Marcus Card, Serge Barry Rice, and uh, right. Tyrese Hunter that can light it up. Any one of those guys can go for twenty on a given night, maybe thirty when they need to. But I will say this: you're gonna. It, it's Rodney Terry now matching wits with Sean Miller. Sean Miller is the the head coach of Xavier. Remember, he was at Xavier, then he went to yep. Arizona, and now he's back at, back at Xavier. And he was on that staff when they beat Texas in the Sweet 16 in 04. Sean Miller was also the head coach at Arizona when the Wildcats beat Texas in the 2011 second round. And he's now the coach at Xavier, so Longhorns will run into Sean Miller again. He's a really good coach. He's had some off-court recruiting issues, if you remember. But at the same time, he is a really, really good X's and O's coach. And he's got, you know, Xavier's a three-seed. Here's what you know about Texas. They beat a 15 seed and a 10 seed. This will be the best team that they've played, without a doubt, coming up on Friday, and they only get tougher from there. When they have a lot of alike players. Yeah. So we'll get to know this Xavier team as we go. Keep in mind, it's an 845 tip on uh, Friday night. It's the last game of Sweet 16, the Sweet 16 round, Thursday and Friday, the very final game. Uh, Houston and Miami, the U, will play in the early game in Kansas City. At yeah, that, that was a good Penn State team, but they couldn't get out of their own way. They didn't make any adjustments to what they weren't doing well in the three. You know, they were going to let dude dribble and dribble and dribble and dribble and hope that they could throw it back out, and that that got stopped. And then he was forced to have to make shots late, late in the clock. I mean, he he threw some up late in the clock because they let him dribble so long. And I, I thought, man, they need to get out of that if they if they want to be in the game, they've got to get out of that deal. Well, and I they would did. just say that's their identity, though. That's what they do. Well, and I mean, you, that's good coaching. You have to make some changes right. during the course of the game, and I don't think they did that. Yeah, that and that's where I'll give Texas a lot of credit for, right. for being disciplined because most teams don't have a guy like Timmy Allen that can body up a guy like uh, Jalen Pickett, and Texas didn't come doubling. They were wait, he waits for that double team, 
Uh, and he waits for that mismatch where he is the stronger, more physical player. And against mostly Timmy Allen, a lot of the time, he didn't have that. And then Texas didn't come off their shooters for, for most part. So, right. yeah, it was a lot of dribbling by him. Uh, but that's that's how he earned you know second-team All-American honors and you know first-team All-Big Ten and has been a great player for them. So Texas, I thought, did a real good job. I mean, you're right. I, I'm sure that uh, the coaching staff at Penn State would, would think, man, we probably should have tried something different. But give Texas credit for uh, neutralizing what they do very much do do best. How many how many times we talked about that with a guy like Bill Belichick? Take away their right hand, made them make mm-hmm. them beat you with your left. Uh, Texas did a really good job of neutralizing their right hand uh, and their strength. Uh, in that basketball Once again, Marcus Carr did a good job defending him, too. And let's which... also be fair to Penn State. Uh, the kid Funk, who made everything against A&M, missed some open shots. He did. I mean, he missed some shots that that guy probably makes most of the time. He did against the Aggies, and uh, there were some big ones that he missed, and uh, that's that's how basketball is. I mean, that's, Yeah, that's I'm the glad line. he got the, the ball tournament. out of the hands of that dude, number 11, for them. I was worried about that. Dread? Yes. Yeah, well, he was the one that was making shots uh, when they took that 10-0 run and uh, got them the lead with 4.48 to go. We'll come back. When we do, we're going to hit some hot or not topics, including something I need you and Ty's thought on, something Charles Barkley said on the televisions over the weekend. It took Kenny Smith aback and Clark Kellogg, and i got to ask you this question coming back on b and What's hot? And what's not? What's hot, what's not is brought to you by Texas Orthopedics, the largest independent orthopedic practice in central Texas. Visit us at txortho.com to learn more and to schedule an appointment. Hot knots on a good, bad, and ugly Monday. Glad you're with us. Uh, it was not hot over the weekend. It was cold. Just around a dishfalk field watching the Longhorns stay hot. They've won 10 in a row now in baseball. We'll uh, certainly turn our attention to the Horns. They open up conference play this weekend. That'll be a hot series with the Texas Tech, no doubt. Weather's going to turn as well on this first day of spring. Temperatures will get back to normal here in the 80s coming up, which will be good, Buck, because Dell match play tees off on Wednesday with the pool play for three days. NASCAR's coming this weekend. And, yeah, Texas and Texas Tech in uh, college baseball this weekend at the Dish. Uh, And, of course, the Longhorn men on their way to the Sweet 16 in Kansas City. The women... Can get themselves there the game tonight. Tonight, yeah, playing Louisville at the Mood. Uh, six o'clock is your tip time. Uh, they win that, they'll be into the Sweet Sixteen. But it'll be a very physical game tonight with Louisville. You know that. Uh, also on the uh, the the other hot side, we mentioned off the top of the show that our man Ty Tyrone, our producer, had the money line bet on Fairly Dickinson, and that paid handsomely. Fairly profitable. Nice pick by you. And you said it was a couple margaritas in at the uh, the Matzel Rancho. Oh yeah. It just uh, struck you. It's fairly fairly lucky <laughs> is what it was. Very well, lucky. How about this fella? This has been confirmed by Vegas that someone placed $33,000 on FDU. How about That's having the, Some cojones right there. And that was with the line, but it didn't matter at that point. But who would, who would have the – A, to have the money, $33,000 on Fairly Dickinson? Yeah, that's just a dude. That's not like a really wealthy dude. That's just a dude – like us, that threw well, thirty three grand instead of like fifty or a hundred thousand. Well, he won four hundred and ninety five thousand dollars on the bet. Wow, he that felt, has been confirmed. On top, he felt like he could do thirty three, but he couldn't do forty thousand or oh, fifty thousand. I, I aspire to one day roll the, up to a casino in Vegas and be able to do that. Listen, if you, <sighs> my I mean, dream, you couldn't. That team was like ranked three hundred and fifty six or something. I mean, they had the 
win their conference tournament and then they got in off a technicality. They didn't even win their conference. That's right. No. They, they lost in. to Merrimack. They truly were the last play, last, last team, team in. in. Yeah, the, the technicality was what that they got in Merrimack. Um, so they changed the, division. The, the three year going from D two to D one. Yeah, they yeah. shouldn't even have been in the tournament. No, exactly. Then they had to win the play in game. And they truly you, were the last in. I mean, I don't want to say Matt Painter should be fired, but come on, man, you can't lose to Fairley Dickinson as the one. And St. Peter's last year, and North Texas the year before that. And look, two oh. years from ago from that too, they just that keep... is not a tournament coach right there. Tom Izzo, yes, tournament coach. Rodney Terry, tournament coach, baby. Shaka Smart, Shaka, not so much. Marquette, not so much. All right, real quick before we get to Ty and what's hot or not, or Ty, we can make this year hot or not. Is uh, Charles Barkley. Was how about this? You know, it's what's great about Charles Barkley and Kenny Smith and Ernie Johnson when they're just doing, you know, NBA games. But now they do the March Madness, and they'll just get into a conversation. It'll go off the rails. Well, listen to this. This is Charles Barkley, and then Kenny the Jet calling him out for what he thinks is is a made up story. This is pretty good. I got to ask you the question after this, though. I mean, it's so much stuff that goes yeah. into this. And you know, shout out to all the trainers also. Yeah. To have all, and the guys who do all the uniforms, to get these uh, uniforms cleaned up and everything. Cause, I mean, I'm so old. We used to take a shower in our uniforms because, you know, because we, we, we flew commercial my first few Wait, years. Wait, time out. There's no era where you did. <laughs> yes, it is. Stop, you're making this up. No, I'm not. There's no way that you, you were supposed to wash your uniform with it on. When I first... You're making this up. I'm not making this up. Let him finish. Kenny. No, I've never no, heard. No. no one in the right mind has Kenny, ever done let that. Let him finish. Kenny, please when do I, let when him I, finish. When I, when I first, and soap, they give you soap. Let him no, finish, no, no. Kenny. When I first got to the NBA, we flew commercial. Yes, I, that's, that's, that's accurate. I, I, I'm not that's disagreeing accurate. with that. So, so when that's you played the night before and flew the next morning, when was you exactly going to get your uniform clean? You had to wash your uniform yourself. So after the game, when you got to your room, you took a shower in your uniform and dried it and dropped on, on the commercial <laughs> airline the next day. Who are you, with Jed Clampett? No, please. That's why you had to let him finish. Come on. No. I, yeah, have you ever heard this in your life, Claude? No, well, how are y'all cleaning y'all uniform? Y'all playing in funky no, uniforms? No, no, somebody. Washing the dryer or when, someone else. When you're, when you're flying the next morning. You can clean your uniform without showering in it. Well, that well, is that is that is possible. After you can I, actually clean it with, without showering in it. it. You don't have to have it all. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no but it's easier to do it that way. <laughs> all right, there you what go. What a hillbilly. Is that, that is, I give Kenny the Jet credit. That never happened. Mm-hmm. If it did, he was not told to do that. He just thought that might be the his, easiest way to do it. His he face thought, when he said that is the best part of the video. For Kenny sure. the Jet? Yeah. yeah. Just, like, what? <laughs> Like, what era are you talking about? I played in the same area you did. And he's talking about the NBA. He's not talking about, like, at Jet Clamp at high school in Alabama or no, something. No, dude. Now you take your uniform off, put it in a sink, and put some soap in it, <laughs> and hang it up, and it's ready to go the next day. But you didn't wear your into the shower. What's Barkley talking about? Well, I have heard of... Uh... I'm, not, I'm not saying he wouldn't do it. I'm not saying he didn't do it. But you don't have to do it. Act Like, that's the way. That's the way most of us do it. Let me it. ask you this. Did you ever do it? No. No. Ty? Shower with my jersey on? <laughs> yeah. No. Maybe in middle school. I don't know. Like, I don't even know. Well, middle school, some kids will be afraid it's to underwear. go naked, so they'll wear their underwear into the shower. I've heard of that. But, uh, yeah, Charles, come on, man. Come on, man. Step it up. I'm not buying that. Because he had to put it on the airplane the next day? Come on, man. <laughs> you hanging it out with the laundry with some... My mildew. <laughs> oh, come on, man. Uh, that's good stuff. Those guys are classic. But uh, Longhorns on to the Sweet 16. We'll reset it. How about the night for Dylan to sue? And did you hear all the uh, lifetime Longhorns, the great players of all time? 
uh, coming to support the Horns. We'll let you run through some of those. Also, Vic Schaefer. Vic Schaefer, the Texas women's coach with the big game tonight. He had an interesting thought on Rodney Terry and the job he's doing with the Longhorns right now. We'll let you hear that coming up. It's a busy, busy Monday. Good, bad, and ugly here on B&E.